welcome back to another episode of Lessons from Leaders. This is a particularly exciting one. We're with Joan Malin, who was, was a former CEO for Planned Parenthood in New York City, and she now coaches leaders um, to be at their best. So it's a really exciting episode. This is uh, Lessons from Leaders. I am Lynn Gilliland. This podcast is hosted both by my company, Lynn Gilliland Consulting, and Humantim, a membership organization for global the global development sector. And we have also been lucky enough to be hosted by Chester Elton, the author of Leading with Gratitude. So welcome to this episode, and please do enjoy it. So welcome back, everyone. And this is Joan Mallon, who I, as I said in the pre-taping, this is just fabulous that she's here. She has deep experience being the CEO for Planned Parenthood in New York. Um, We were just chatting about leadership right now during the COVID, during the racial justice um, awakening, reawakening, and I couldn't be more thrilled to have you here, Joan. Thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you for giving me this opportunity. And so to start with, because you have um, an unusual trajectory or story of how you got into be at, you know, being leading a nonprofit, maybe you want to give us a little background on how you came to be where you came to be. Sure. Um, I, I'll start by saying, you know, I always knew the work I wanted to do. It's the jobs that changed. And so um, I am a city planner by profession. I believe, I think the theme or the vision that I hold in my work has always been building inclusive communities. And um, I started out in the 70s working for New York City government in the Department of City Planning, working on housing issues. Um, I stayed in government for more than 20 years. Um, I was the commissioner of the Department of Homeless Services. And um, that's uh, a job of crisis management as well as visioning because we built a lot of supportive housing, nonprofit shelters, and, um, and yet worked with what's an ongoing crisis still today in the city of New York. From government work, I moved into the nonprofit sector and I ran a nonprofit that provided homeless services. And then I made a pretty, for some people, it feels like a very radical switch because that's when I became the CEO of Planned Parenthood of New York City, an organization that provides access to reproductive health care services and really sees as its mission seeking a society where reproductive and sexual health rights are seen as human rights. For me, that theme of human rights and building inclusive communities goes across the nonprofit and government sector, homeless services and reproductive rights, but it is, you know, different substantive areas, if you will. I was the CEO for 17 years. I retired three years ago. And today I'm working as a consultant and a volunteer with community-based organizations here in New York City. Thank you. And so um, I just love, you know, I just love envisioning those different phases of your life and how, you know, if you had been back then doing um, planning, you wouldn't have seen yourself where you are now you didn't wouldn't have seen that oh for sure and um i've never been a person that thought in five-year plans or career directives i mean i went to where the work was challenging where it was interesting um where i could work with good people where 
as I learned to work well with people, I also began to learn to lead and work in teams and build teams. And that's the, the, the mission, the vision, and that team has been sort of the driver of where I wanted to be. Um, and I'm a big believer that you can carry your skills with you and the substantive areas can change. I, and just, I so appreciate that because in my conversations with younger people, I try to tell them it doesn't have to be, I'm working with a woman right now who is a, um, the uh, VP for operations and she's now the acting C CEO. And, and she's like, I don't know the technical part of their company, yeah. their organization. I'm like, that's not what it's about. It's not the technical. It's exactly what you said. Do you have the vision? Can you lead teams? Can you lead the organization? Can you work with the board? I just think that's an, a real important point. Yeah, and getting comfortable um, with uh, decision-making, showing good judgment, um, learning that you can learn on the job, which I think is very important. It's actually very good modeling for everybody you work with. Um, and learning to be transparent about it. I mean, these are skills you build and they become your toolbox and then you can apply them to whatever the substantive area is that you work. I mean, it helps to know some substance, but it's not the only um, element you need in, in leading organizations. Thank you. And let's go to visioning, which you've touched on, the vision. So what you and I were talking about right before we got on the call, I asked you what you wanted to make sure you didn't miss, we didn't miss. And you talked about um, the ongoing, um, I'm trying to read my notes. So not while you're taking care of all the day-to-day -day stuff that needs to happen, not losing sight of the vision. And because now there's, you know, there's always a lot on a leader's plate and now it's it seems to be even intensified or or you know double tripled so yeah no, ab absolutely um to me it's that creative balance if you will between leading the day-to-day -day, you know i mean in a nonprofit, it could be resource issues it could be budget issues staffing issues environmental, you know, what's going on in the world around you, the social and, social and political climate. I mean, they all affect that day-to-day -day operation. Um, and I felt that very keenly at Planned Parenthood because so much of what we did was advocacy to defend the rights. Mm. And yet at the same time, you want to pivot towards why? <laughs> Where is it we need to go? What in this new uh, arena or environment possibly creates opportunities for us? And what larger vision will really inspire all of us to move into that next phase, to move forward? So a good leader is doing the day-to-day, -day, but also looking ahead. And in balancing that, you're thinking about bringing people along with you, sharing those concerns, having those conversations. A vision is not a good leader going off on the mountains, coming back and saying, this is where we'll go. It's a collective vision and it's most powerful when it's owned by the group that you work with. And that group is the staff, but it's also the board. So a lot is asked by a leader. And in some ways you need to be energized by that kind of a, of a inter iterative process of day to day, looking ahead, bringing people along and continuing to build that because there are always opportunities um, the resources are always the challenge, but I always believe that good fundraising comes from a deep passion about your subject and an ability 
to explain that and to show good leadership and good management. Donors want to engage with groups that can do that. So it, it, it's all of a piece of leadership, but I never want to lose sight of that vision part. So how do you, when you were, you know, in the job on the hot seat yourself, how did you manage not to lose sight of the vision? Is there a structure you use or just a, um, you know, a reminder in your head? Because the day-to-day, it's so present and knocking at the door and barking. <laughs> yeah, bludgeoning you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's easy yeah. to let that slide. Um, I, I think several ways. One was thinking it, making sure I had time during the day to think. Mm -hmm. And if that meant blocking out a half hour hour on my calendar, so be it. The other thing was with my team, when we would meet regularly, um, it's a, you know, I would make sure there was time for us to talk. If it meant a little bit of a steam valve about what was going on, that's a good thing. And then I would always either do like a lesson learned. What do we learn from that? What, you know, what, what, what did that teach us? And then a blue sky moment, just what's possible? What do we think? And I think that helps people flex those muscles and to never, um, you know, the last thing you want to say to someone is, oh my God, that's crazy. I can't possibly do that. I mean, that just shuts down the conversations and where I always felt good is when staff would go back and forth with, well, I'm not sure. I don't think that's right. What do you think about this? And then I realized, all right, we're making it. We're working it together. And those are some of the best moments in, um, in when you're working with the team. And it does keep the vision part alive. Well, so what I'm hearing is part is taking time for personal reflection and then making space when you're all together to reflect, whether it be lessons learned or let's blue sky, but that's part of the process. It isn't just, it isn't focusing on the day-to-day -day grind. Um, yeah. Which you need to do. <laughs> you yeah. can't lose sight of it. It's, it's that balance that you're trying to seek. Right. Not at all criticizing or there's no judgment about people, especially now if it's yeah. hard to find the space for that. Um, and those are different skills. There are, there are different uh, leadership attributes that are being able to blue sky or like how could we have yeah. done this differently um, and then managing the day-to-day -day details. Yeah, I want to just comment on the managing the day-to-day -day because what I've observed as a you know, volunteer and a consultant is that people are really feeling traumatized mm. right now. Whether it's COVID epidemic, whether it's the racial injustices, there is a, a level of um, pain and sadness and fear. And, you know, part of your job as, as running an organization is to contain that, almost like take it in and then give out calm and give out a sense of, we'll figure this out together. We're going to go forward. And to be able to do that effectively as a leader, you need to find out how you're going to manage your, <laughs> your fear, your trauma. But I have been so, I haven't seen this level of trauma um, probably since 9-11. Mm. Uh, and at different times, you know, I would feel it at Planned Parenthood when we would really be bludgeoned by the political environment. And it, the, the calm presence that a leader needs to give and where you can use humor do it but it's really gathering that fear and trauma that's there and then helping people to calm down and to be able to move 
together. And um, I really applaud the leaders of small organizations right now because it's an enormous amount to do and to find the space for while you're dealing with all the resource questions and all the budget issues and all of the above. So it, it, they're, they're, these are very challenging jobs right now. And we, all the leaders are also in it. So yep. they're not separate, like they're exactly. leaving with their children at home or worrying about, or just traumatized by, you know, 170,000 people dead or, I mean, they're, so it's, it's both being able to take it in and then be calm for others, but it's also the taking care of yourself so you can do that, right? Exactly. And it should not be minimized. It, it sounds like it's self-care and it's indulgent you're doing that for the greater good. I mean, you really need to know that as a leader. Yeah. So with the people that you're consulting with, what, uh, what do, do you have practical advice that you offer or, or do you advise it or how, how are you handling that? Very similar to what I've described. The only thing I would add to it is communication. Mm -hmm. um, to communicate what's going on in the organization. You don't want to add to the fear by people not knowing. <laughs> um, you want to talk about what's possible or what's going on or what you're experiencing or talk about the decisions that need to be made. Invite people in to share their concerns, to give their feedback on it, to really make it a, a, a communication and listening interactive process, which I think helps people calm down. And as you know, with running an organization and you're doing it all on Zoom, um, still make time for those meetings and those conversations. And yes, there's a lot of information to impart, but really create the kind of communication back and forth that's needed to help people feel grounded in what's going on and to never lose sight of that communication and that transparency. I mean, I think it's an important considerations in running any organization at any time. I think in this current climate, more than ever. And I rem uh, something else you said to me earlier, which was you were talking about trust, and we were talking specifically yeah. about racial justice, and um, you were telling me that leaders really need to have built their, in your words, trust fund, and I love yeah. that, yeah. to deal with this. So maybe you can tell us about the trust fund. Yeah, no, um, uh, thank you for that. And this, this comes from another colleague of mine who's a consultant. And when she said that, I thought, oh, that so describes what's needed. Because leaders do need to build trust with their staff, with their boards, with their communities that they work with. And you hope over time that you really have developed a trust fund so that if going forward, you can continue to build it. You can continually talk honestly and openly. And that trust can hold you in good stead in the awkward moments, the difficult conversations, the, the issues that need to be talked about, um, whether it is about diversity and inclusion in the organization or what people are feeling. You need to build that trust fund so that you're standing on firm ground when you in enter into what are difficult and can feel very scary conversations, but really necessary for an organization. And so that idea of having that trust and continuing to build it, I think is an important part of uh, what leaders need to do. And what builds trust in your experience when you were in the hot seat? What oh, I think it's, it's absolutely listening to people, having people feel heard, 
I think it is communicating what you know. I think it's transparency in decision-making. I would often say to people, um, you may not agree with the decision I've made, but you'll know why we made the decision. And I will explain all of that. And then there's accountability. And if we make, if I screwed up or we screwed up, I'll apologize, lessons learned, and we move on. And I think that builds trust. And I was a big believer in um, when things didn't go right. And there's no point in beating somebody up. They're, they're doing such a good job beating themselves up. You know, they don't need me <laughs> piling onto it. You know, my job was to say, all right, what did we learn from this? What did we get from this that we don't do this again? And, and then how do we just move it forward? And I think that gives people a sense of security. Um, and then they trust you because they know you're going to have their back. And I'm wondering if we had met you way back when you were like up and coming young leader, um, what are the things that you know now that you didn't know then? What is, what is, of all your wisdom has been, uh, you wished you had known it back then? Um, I think that it's okay to say that I made a mistake mm. or it's okay to make myself vulnerable. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, you and I were talking before that um, I am actually in incredibly shy. And when I had to give a speech or talk to a group, I, I would be very anxious about it, but I wouldn't want to tell people that. And now I think I'd be much better off if I said to people, this isn't my personality to do this, but, you know, we're going to go forward and we'll do it together and I'll make mistakes and you'll laugh and we'll be fine. And I wish I could have done more of that. Um, when I was younger and given myself a little bit more of a break. Um, yeah. So it's not, it's not, it's being yourself. It's not yeah. Yeah. someone else or pretend that you're someone else. It's just saying. Yeah. Hey. And have confidence in yourself. Um, I mean, I was very uh, grateful that I had, you know, a handful of people that I worked for that really saw something in me and had more, much more confidence in me than I ever had in me. And I'd like to think that I've done that for people I've worked with. But that um, mentoring and confidence building is an extraordinary experience. And I'm very grateful for those that um, did that. I'm also grateful for the people I worked for where I looked at them and I said, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to treat someone that way. Or I'm not going to be a diva because I don't see where that play benefits. So I think that level of self-reflection is an important part of building skills as well. Thank you for saying that because you, I was telling somebody the other day, being a leader isn't like growing your fingernails. They, they <laughs> and, you know, there, there they are. Being a leader is you have to be, it's a, it's an act. It's a conscious, you know, how am I doing? Is this, is the impact that I want to have is the one that I'm having? Um, yeah. It's also having passion for what you do. I think, I mean, I always bristled a little bit when I would meet someone and they would say to me, well, I want to be a CEO in five years and I'm doing, and I would be like, really, what do you care about? <laughs> what is it that's so important to you that you want to work on and make sure has an impact in the world? And I do believe you follow your passion, the skills develop. If it means you become a CEO, great. If it doesn't, but you're still passionate and then you're following and making an impact, all to the good. I, I just, I don't want to lose, ever lose sight of having a passion for what you do. And don't you think having that passion can also be like your North Star? Like 
Yes. Why am I doing this? If I make this decision over that decision, how does it fit in with my passion or my purpose? It can, does that fit for you? Do yeah, I, no, that rings very true. Yeah. yeah. I'm imagining now that would be another thing that leaders need to remember or get back in their hearts. I, I'm sure it just feels so far right way right now sometimes. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, it's my passion. Why why am I here again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why do I do what I do? <laughs> Very important. This is lovely. Um, anything that we haven't touched on that you want to touch on? No, I, I think we've covered um, a fair amount, and I thank you for the opportunity. And I am so grateful that you came, and especially that it was a stretch for you to be <laughs> on the podcast, and that makes it even more valuable to me. So thank you very much, John. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.